0: we we'll Welcome back to another episode of Terror Dome Highway, a horror movie podcast hosted by yours truly, Sid Davis. You can find me on social media at Terror Dome Highway Podcast. If you have any thoughts, have any questions, could be about anything horror movie related, send those questions to, or whatever you want to send to Terror Dome Highway Podcast at gmail.com. Today's episode, we're talking about 2005's Curse starring Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, Joshua Jackson, and a whole bunch of other people. We got Lance Bass making a cameo in there, Scott Bayo. We have Maya, Portia Del Rossi. Who else is in this movie? It's, it's some more people in this movie that I was I, I completely forgot about, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's uh the main cast. Judy Greer's in this movie, post Craig Kilborn era. Like, it's weird that he's hosting a late show, but then we have him here hosting. It's kind of strange, but yeah, you know, can't go wrong with Craig Kilborn. I like him as a host, but yeah, whatever. So, this movie spent a lot of time in limbo hell, multiple rewrites, multiple reshoots. Which is odd because this is coming from the team that gave us Scream. So you're thinking this would have been something they would have jumped on, knocked out of the park. Here you go. Enjoy. But no, that's not how it went. I'm just going to give you a bit of a breakdown with the development. So here it says the first draft of the script was written by Kevin Williamson in August 2000 and followed the exploits of New York City serial killer who discovers that his lethal tendencies are due to his lycanthrope nature. Both screenwriters Sean Hood and Tony Gaten did rewrites of Williams' original script during the development process. Dimension Films co-founder Bob Weinstein... (laughs) Oh boy, the Weinstein brothers, jeez announced in October 2002 that Cursed would reinvent the werewolf genre and Wes Craven would direct, with the movie being officially released on August 8, 2003. Craven was in the final stages of pre-production with the movie Pulse, when Weinstein abruptly pulled the movie from the schedule 10 days before shooting and cut through all the slow lanes, getting Cursed off and running. Craven was reportedly not pleased, so Weinstein doubled his pay in order for him to do the werewolf film. The director deemed the script too tonally similar to his film Vampire in Brooklyn, but felt pressured by the studio leading him to ultimately sign on. Wes and Kevin are a dynamic team, and we are confident that their collaboration will prove to be a winner, Weinstein stated. In December 2002, a press release for the project described Curse as a modern hip twist on the classic werewolf tale. In Dimension Films, also announced that Academy Award winner, makeup effects designer Rick Baker would be in charge of the overall design of the werewolves. Baker had originally turned down the offer due to a very limited time he had to create all the designs and eventually accept the only condition to be able to work without any studio interference. And what followed that was a major studio interference to the point where barely any of Kevin Williamson's like Mark was left in this movie and Rick Baker. It's almost like barely any of their love that they put into this movie was was not here because I'm looking at it as I'm watching it again. I'm looking at the makeup effects And the the CGI and everything, it just, it looks like shit. I'm like, that's not Rick Baker shit at all. (laughs) At all. This isn't Rick Baker. Like, what is this? Rick Baker is responsible for stuff like Octoman, which is a really old film from the 70s. He did The Thing with Two Heads. That was another early 70s movie. He did The Exorcist, and I believe he went uncredited on The Exorcist. It's Alive, King Kong. Um, He was involved with Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back um, A New Hope is his first entry into this, doing any Star Wars work American Werewolf in London he also did He did um, Videodrome And he's done a lot of things His entire catalog of his work it, He's done a lot The one thing that I really know him for is being behind the makeup effects for Michael Jackson's thriller video. So there you go. Nothing else needs to be said. All you, all I really probably had to say was <laughs> he did the makeup effects in thriller. So, so when you watch this movie and you've seen any of the movies that I've named, you're like, well, how did it get to this? Their names accredited. You'll see Rick Baker's name in here. You'll see Kevin Williamson by the end of this, the the final outcome of this movie they weren't really involved necessarily. A lot of their stuff got scrapped out. So to me it feels as if I don't know if the Weinsteins were trying to double down and force them to do work and then at the end of the at the end of everything, when everything was ready to go to be put out, it's almost like they just threw them under the bus and say, Hey, Kevin Williamson's is responsible and Rick Baker's responsible for this piece of shit. Even when Rick Baker said he'll do it only if there's no studio interference. And of course, Kevin Williamson is Kevin Williamson. He can, you know, you can do no wrong without studio interference. And as I watch this movie again, I haven't watched it in a while, but I've watched it multiple times. I can see where some things were like a little dodgy with the script and, and cinematography and everything else. And, the CGI and the makeup effects just look odd, but but for what this movie is and how it turned out, it's it's not bad at all. Uh, really quick, we're gonna get into the trailer, and I'm gonna come back on the other side and continue to talk about this movie. Things are happening, things I can't explain. Buddy, you okay? What was that? My dog. What kind of dog do you have? I have a regular dog. Something's wrong. The only way you can break the curse is to kill the person who started it all. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I just I needed to talk to you. So I watched some interviews with Jesse Eisenberg and and Christina Rich, Ricci and they were the ones that that stuck all the way through with reshooting and everything. Judy Greer was another actress who stuck around pretty much, you know, the entire time and kept coming back to do reshoots. And originally Ellie and Jimmy Myers, played by Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg, were not meant to be brother and sister, but here in the final product, they're brother and sister. The original script basically, it, they were just two strangers that met, and I, I guess, formed some type of relationship towards the end of the movie, maybe. But then, I, I don't know. It's just like I said, Kevin Williamson's script was just completely just altered and stripped down and just to little to nothing just bare bones but yeah they were originally supposed to be just two people who happened to meet and overall i I don't know that as i'm watching this movie there's a lot of moments of sexual tension almost between the two i don't it's weird and this whole mom and dad dying in a car crash and so I'm here to take care of my little brother. It's just a very strange dynamic. I I don't know. It's it's so odd to me. But like I just said, for what this movie is and how it turned out, not bad. Not bad for the final product. I'm not going to lie. So this movie, I'll just give you the ratings for it. It sits at a 2.6 on Letterboxd, a 31 on Rotten Tomatoes and A 31 on Metacritic. (laughs) So this movie is not well received by audiences or critics. They really do not like this film. And I'm going to go through some reviews. (laughs) Let me see, which one do I want to pick? Do I want to pick Rotten Tomatoes or Letterboxd? Let me go to Letterboxd. So um, the first review, a tragically shattered movie. There are whispers of something I can imagine loving the cast, the playful dealings with genre mythology, the settings, but the Weinsteins did untold damage to this thing. I want to just say, release the Craven cut and be done with it. But, as Kevin Williamson points out in his recent Shockwaves interview, this is an unusually egregious and complicated case of studio interference. Impositions made their way into Curse from the very beginning. Williamson's original script, uh, sorry, original slasher-flavored script concept allegedly focused on a Columbia Dance Academy student secret werewolf who was attacked by a serial killer. The student bit the serial killer in self-defense, thus turning him into a lycanthrope. And the plot followed the killer pursuing the student in an attempt to understand what was happening to him. When the Weinsteins insisted that Weinst- uh, that Williamson's script needed to be more werewolf uh, centric and reluctantly hired was Craven stated that the story had to be set in LA. Williamson reworked his idea from scratch. The film itself was reshot four times. Williamson says he wasn't even around past the third reshoot and Craven was also not present for a lot of the material that was shot. Rick Baker's practical work was discarded for hasty CGI replacements. Entire performances were cut out, most infamously, Skeet Ulrich and Mandy Moore. That's right, Mandy Moore wasn't here. And Craven's originally darker vision he was directing with an R rating in mind was haphazardly re-edited by producers to meet PG-13 requirements. Having said all this, former Dimension executive Cary Granite stated in 2018 that Wes Craven' original cut still exists. I'm not sure which cut he might be referring to, but I would love to see a version of this that retains more of the original Craven Williamson artistry. To that, and editor Patrick Lucier had also stated in multiple interviews that he has all four versions on VHS. He doesn't think any of the cuts is a good movie, but yes, whatever it means, release the Craven cut. So yeah, I mean, I was reading a lot about this, and I was shocked of how this movie even turned out to be still. It's still a decent film, but I'm not going to lie. If there is a much darker version of Wes Craven and Williamson's version still around, I would love to see it. But they said the, the CGI isn't finished. It, it just looks like shit, and... Who knows, maybe somebody can go in and kind of retweak some things and we'll, we'll get the Craven cut and let me see the release, the Craven cut, it's 2018. So yeah, this is probably a hashtag that got really popular after release the Snyder cut, which I'm still happy and my heart is still full over the release of the Snyder cut. I'm still happy that we got that till this day. Uh, I, I honestly, just not to get too carried away, I I like the ending of the Snyder Cut, but I, I really wish it was Jon Stewart's Green Lantern instead of Martian Manhunter. I don't, They they really could have given us that. That would have been so awesome to see. But anyway, back to this. A lot of this movie has some homoerotic elements between Jesse Eisenberg's character and the bully. The bully is picking on this dude out the film until we get about halfway and this is after he gets cursed he, he gets the mark on him of the beast or the werewolf or what have you and <laughs> later on in the movie the bully goes to his house to I guess I guess apologize to him and in some sort of way and then to reveal to him that he's attracted to him and then tries to kiss him and then uh jimmy was like whoa like what's going on here that's still one of my favorite parts in this movie the scene prior to that where is like this whole wrestling match and him and the bully go at it he kicks the bully's ass of course ends up taking the bully's girl eventually towards the end of the movie that's how it you know it ends up and you know of course They become, him and the bully become friends or, I don't know, it's just, it's it's weird how this whole thing turns out, but it's still a decent film, but after the whole wrestling match scene, that part comes, and it was just hilarious to watch, because I'm like, imagine getting bullied by somebody and picked on and called gay and all of these types of names, even though you're not, only for this motherfucker to end up at your door. And to tell you, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm really attracted to you. Just some crazy shit like that. And you're like, what? <laughs> After he got his ass kicked in front of everybody in the gym. And it's just, it's just weird, man. But the wrestling match between him and the bully, and then later on what followed that with him going to his house to express his feelings for him is the funniest shit to me and it's probably one of my favorite parts another moment in this movie is the werewolf at the end judy greer who also gets the mark turns into a werewolf and her and ellie are fighting the the police come and the the werewolf is in hiding just running around like climbing around the the building and then when they find her the werewolf we've seen the famous meme where the werewolf is flicking off the police that's where that comes from that is another amazing scene where i just rewind and and run it back multiple times because i'm like who in the hell just who thought of that but of course it comes out in a lot of these interviews that that was improv by rick baker and shout out to rick baker for throwing that in there it was just like hey just here you go and they were playing around, you know, some some bloopers, some outtakes, and then that was in there, and they had to throw it in there. So good on the team that decided to say, "Hey, let's throw that in there." And our main girl in this movie, Ellie Myers, played by Christina Ricci. I'm just gonna go out and say this: I've had a crush on Christina Ricci forever, for years. You're like, well, since Adam's family? No, not really. I've had a crush on Christina Ricci probably like later after the adams family thing she used to creep me out as wednesday adams seeing her in this movie made me really happy i've always had a crush on her i love her forehead she has a, a very i'm not trying to make it sound weird but she has a nice sized shaped forehead and i just i don't know i have a thing i have an attraction towards women with foreheads rihanna sade Uh, snow allegra christina ricci and then there's there's a lot of other women out there with some nice size shaped foreheads i don't know leave me alone let me be great but yeah it was it was fun watching her in this movie she's a great actress her taking on the traits of the werewolf sniffing out the the blood there was a scene where she was at the office at her job sniffing out the scent of blood only to find out that one of her co-workers had a nosebleed but just watching her interact that way and and just kind of do the little sniffing thing just to find where the scent was, was just cool to watch. Another crazy scene in this movie where uh, her boss cuts himself accidentally on his finger and he's getting ready to go and walk out on stage and be introduced and interviewed. And he was like, I can't stop bleeding. I get, we, we got to do something about it. He's like, what are we going to do Ellie? And she just grabs his finger and starts sucking the blood on it. And then there you go wrap it up there you go and pushed him on his way he's looking back like did she just like yo fam <laughs> like he didn't want to leave her sight like that was just that was a hilarious scene to me as well and I I'm not necessarily mad at this movie when I watch it I don't sit there angrily and just say oh my god it's such a bad film and da-da-da-da-da. like I don't do that I have a lot of fun when I watch cursed and and probably because when this movie came out, I didn't know all of it. I didn't, I didn't know any of this information. I didn't know that they went through this much crap to get this movie out there. And and people now are calling it some of Wes Craven's worst efforts. And I don't know. That's debatable. I, I don't know. It could be up for debate. It could be true. Who knows? There's a couple of other movies in here that I have not watched. Uh... I would say there's another film in here in his filmography that I think is one of the worst, and he was only the producer of, but I still count it as part of his filmography. We'll get into that later on in this season. I I don't know. I have a lot of fun with Cursed when I watch it, and I'm not mad at it. I love the cameos. I like the fact that Maya's in here. Um, It kind of sucks to see her go, spoiler alert. But this movie came out in 2005. Should have seen it already. Like, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> that sucked to see her go. Maya was, is also another celebrity that I've always had a huge crush on since the first time I saw her. Portia Del Rossi, which is weird. I, I'm a, I was a weird kid growing up, so I have had crushes on these, these women for a long time. Portia Del Rossi was another uh, actress that I've had a crush on for a long time. So it was pretty cool seeing a lot of these these cameos in this movie. The one thing that does bother me about this film is the relationship between Ellie Myers and Joshua Jackson's character. I can't think of his name right now, but it's weird. It's, it's like they were baiting us for him to be like the main werewolf or bad guy or red herring, if you will. And then snatched it away from us. I'm like, oh, no, the boyfriend's fine. He's great. You know, he's he might be the guy to come in and help and save her and her brother. So it's like, oh, don't worry. He's just a red herring. He's not a bad guy. He'll show up later and, and help them out and save them. And then later on, towards the end of this movie, after you think, yeah, this movie's over with, he shows up to her house and then, oh, no, yeah, you were right. He's the bad guy. Sorry for pulling the rug from under you. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, how did that come about? How did that happen? Nothing led to that. It just came out of nowhere. That really bothered me a lot. But I probably only let it go because is Joshua Jackson another great actor? I like Joshua Jackson as well. And probably just because maybe it's just based on nostalgic purposes and, and the feeling of it. It's, I don't ever have an issue watching this film. It reminds me a lot of Scream when it first came out and, you know, Scream 2 and, you know, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend, that whole era of movies during that time. And you can tell because if they started working on this, let me see, in 1999, 2000. So, yeah, this is technically at the tail end of that type of movie. And they were just trying to up the ante and go with a different route and, Do something different as far as horror movies and make it werewolf based. But who am I? This film started off with a $75 million budget. And at pretty much at the end of filming, it was estimated towards 90 to 100 million. And between, I believe, the box office, it made maybe twenty-five barely under 30 million, so this was a box office failure, this was a fat goose egg, but you know, there's always those movies out there that has the the guilty pleasure effect, and it's just something that you could just throw on and have a good time with, and never have a problem, and you just let it run through, or you could use it as background noise, Cursed is something nowadays, since I've seen it so many times, I just put it on, if I'm in the middle of, like, making beats or writing something or just looking up something I'll, I'll just have it on i do it with scream i do it with i know what you did last summer i do it with a whole bunch of other films not just horror you know comedy action adventure have it on as background noise and you know going about my day i i don't hate this movie i'm not mad at it it just sucks because of the weinsteins being involved in It's like they wanted the movie to fail. That's a bit of my theory. I don't know, because this is a a newer take. This is a different take of let's let's uh, do something different other than the slashers that we've done before. When it comes to Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson and okay, we got people that are somewhat, you know, somewhat of the LGBT community. You know, we Lance Bass is in this movie. This is pre coming out. Before, you know, he decided to do that. And we have the whole interaction between Jesse Eisenberg's character, Jimmy, and then the bully. There's some of that going on. And maybe, I guess, these two are ancient and old. So maybe the Weinsteins thought to themselves, well, we don't want that in the movie. And we're just going to do everything we can to railroad it. And and then the fact that Kevin Williamson is of the LGBT community i think that's another thing and this was kevin williamson's way of just putting a lot of this in the script and saying hey this is who i am you know he wasn't able to do that with the previous films but yeah that uh wraps this episode up for me thank you for listening to episode four of terror dome highway a horror movie podcast and uh i'm i'm really having a lot of fun with this movie series, this the season dedicated to Wes Craven. Next week I'll be talking about pulse. <laughs> so get ready for me to rant and just be upset and just curse up a storm on this on this podcast because I've watched it maybe only one time and I never forgot it. I never forgot how bad of a movie it was. But then I said, you know what? Hell, I've never Watched Pulse since the first time I saw it. Maybe I should watch it again. And maybe I didn't pay enough attention to it. And maybe I'm missing something. I've seen the Japanese film. The original Pulse. Fantastic movie. And this is a part of the the whole American J-Horror remake era. You know, your grudges and your rings and all of that and stuff like that. And then, hey, let's do Pulse. And I just remember the movie being extremely... Mundane and shitty. Like, oh my, what? Like, what is this? And I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna give you my full, honest opinion. I'm a dog the hell out of this movie, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Like I said, I've only watched the film one time, and I'm gonna watch it a second time. Maybe I I'll have a different opinion of it. Who knows? But yeah, until then, guys. Like I said, if you wanna follow me, follow me on Instagram at terror dome highway podcast sing emails to terror dome highway podcast at gmail.com you can also follow my regular page at i sid davis i-s-i-d-d-a-v-i-s follow me man I'm, i do everything man music TikToks, music reels i make beats i do all the time. you know i'm a writer not a biter for myself and others let me stop <laughs> Let me quit. This is not a hip-hop podcast. But until then, guys, have a great weekend, and I'll see you guys next Saturday. Peace.